Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Back afternoon drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale loan to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, right now, we are giving away $100 to Optimum Golf. They have two great locations. One is in Park Hill. The other one is in the Rhino neighborhood. And what can you do with that $100 gift certificate? Well, a lot of things. You want custom-built, custom-fit clubs? You can use the $100 for that. You want lessons? You can do that as well for my guy, Kyle, who teaches Mia. You want to go to their virtual bays and play for a couple of hours? You can do that as well. Optimum Golf will really get your game ready for this upcoming season. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. And give us a call if you want that 100 bucks. 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace. So uh, George Payton, he went on Mike Florio's podcast for ProFootballTalk.com. And um, he was asked about Russell Wilson. So he's talking about Russell Wilson, him being a winner, and then went on to compare him to a Hall of Famer. I experienced that for one year or two years, actually, when we had, we got far in, in Minnesota. And I remember that first practice and it really, I mean, you knew it, it elevated everyone. And it did just elevate the players, you know, it elevated the people in the building, the work ethic, the accountability. And uh, we feel that here with Russ. <sighs> I'm not surprised that they, that they feel that not surprised at all. Um, I mean, I think there's some more. There, he said some more interesting things that we'll get to here in a minute. Well, he's talked about. He has talked about at length. Russell Wilson being a winner. Yeah. He did talk about it in this interview. I don't think it was worth replaying because he said it multiple times. We already know that. That's old news. It's new news nationally, but it's old news here. But to compare him to Brett Favre, to me, that was fresh. Well, I mean, are we playing the the part of that? The clip with the, the far? No, I don't. I don't. We just did. Okay, I thought. I sorry. I thought we. I thought there was another part of it where he said a little more about far. No, he talked about Favre there, but then beforehand he talked about Russell Wilson being a winner, how he's won the most games as a quarterback in his opening ten years. That's better than Peyton Manning. That's better than Tom Brady. Yada yada yada. But we know the story about you know uh, Russell Wilson being a winner when we had when you and I were both at the draft press conference. Uh, George talked about that at length, talked about how he's always in the building. Other guys see him working, him hosting his camp at his compound in San Diego, helping guys get better. We know all that stuff. It's just when you put your quarterback in the same sentence as Brett Favre, to me, that's interesting. Well, I think also it's inter- it's interesting, but it's also his experience. Exactly. The other quarter, like, Well, that's why I did. Yeah, yeah, the other quarterbacks that he was around, Tavares Jackson, Gus Farratt, Christian Ponder, Teddy Bridgewater... Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford. I don't realize you knew the Vikings roster this well. You're going to go back to Randall Cunningham? No, because he wasn't Fran there. Tar- Fran Payton Tarkington? Was there. Tom, Tommy Kramer, Wade Wilson, Rich <laughs> Gannon. I mean, Brad Johnson. 
uh, Bob Lee, General Lee. We want to go through the there list. There we go. Yeah. Okay. But the thing that this thing that, that struck me most about the comment, realistically, though, is he he took. A, I think this is somebody who has had a chance to look back to look look back and look critically at what happened in Minnesota when he was the second in command in football operations behind Rick Spielman. And it's the conclusion that I hoped he would make from that time. And we've talked about it on there that you can't get it done without a great quarterback. The closest they came to being in a Super Bowl was with Brett Favre. They did get to the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum and they got plastered by the Eagles. Brett Favre had them basically one play away from kicking a game-winning field goal in the NFC Championship game. And that was as close as they came. So the lesson he learned was that you can't hope to get just good enough at quarterback and build the rest of it up because that's what the Vikings were uh, especially when Kirk Cousins got there and it wasn't good enough. The lesson is that you had to do whatever it takes. And so George Payton did whatever it took. I mean, for him, somebody who admits to loving the draft, sacrificing two years of first and second round picks was a big deal for well, him. But, but let me Even add. though you get the quarterback, it was it showed that he was willing to pay what to him was probably a very high price to get the kind of quarterback who changed the team's outcome. At the risk of sounding cynical, um, I'm not giving George Payton, and I've given George Payton a lot of credit. I was, I don't want to say I was one of the first people on his bandwagon, but we had this conversation months and months ago, and I said, this, this guy's terrific. But I'm not giving him any credit for having the foresight in knowing Russell Wilson is the type of quarterback you need Type of quarterback, yes, but for him who who treasures the draft, I mean that sacrificing two years of first and second round picks plus players, that's a huge look. That's a huge trade. I will, I will tell you this: if he had that trade on the table and he didn't take it, then he's a fool. He's a fool. And I think take. there may would, have, you, would you agree? I would agree. There you go. I think there I'm may, not giving him credit I for think, doing the obvious no, thing. But I think there may have been a time in his football life where he wouldn't have taken that deal, where he would have said too much. Well, maybe that's why. Well, and again, that's the that's part of how we're. We're all products of our experiences. The him being a product of the Minnesota experience sure. is that okay? They had they had good draft. They, they had a relatively robust amount of draft capital, and they kept swinging at quarterbacks. And the best they did was a talented player who can put up numbers, but couldn't push the team over the top. And that's Kirk Cousins. Well, but we here's the funny thing. Rick Spielman, for starters, was the guy making the decision. And George Payton was the number two. That's right. Now, they, they're they very close. Yep. And certainly Payton probably didn't agree with on everything that they did. No. But he wouldn't have been around for so long if they had not probably been in, of accord on a great many things. But being number two means that you sit there, and if you're preparing to be the person in the hot seat, you're saying, okay, if I had this, I would have done this differently based on what I experienced. I could be speaking out of complete ignorance here. And if somebody wants to tell me where I'm wrong and if I'm wrong, I'd be more than happy to listen because maybe I am wrong on this. George Payton, in my opinion, 
is to Spielman to what Chris Peterson was to Dan Hawkins at Boise State. Because just look at the chronology. Uh, the Vikings drafted actually quite well until George Payton came here, and then Spielman did not have a good draft. And, oh, by the way, Payton came here and had a terrific draft. So maybe it was Payton who was the brains behind that, just like Chris Peterson, and I don't think any reasonable person would argue that understands Boise State football or college football, knows that Chris Peterson was the brains behind Boise State, not Dan Hawkins. I would the I think you have a point you have a good point. The thing I would argue is that it's one draft and you even bad general managers have one draft that can no, your hit problem on, on the it it's so it, we don't so we don't know we don't have enough information just yet. The indication we have is certainly in favor of George Payton. It is certainly. We don't, but we, we're still gathering information. Look, believe it or not, George Payton, if he's with the Broncos long enough as a GM, right. he's going to have a draft that's a lot of whiffs. As it the, will happen. As they say in the world of law, this is all circumstantial evidence. Where George Payton leaves, has a great draft, and just happened so on the same year, same draft, Spielman has a clunker. Yeah. Now, that, that, that could have been completely coincidental, but all we have is data from one draft. That is it. One more thing. Uh, John F. Kennedy famously came up with the line, mm-hmm. a rising tide lifts all boats, and you're a big history guy as am I. He was not referring to sports. When he said that, do you know what he was referring to? No, what? The economy. But now this has become a big talking point here in Denver because I believe it was John Fox who used to say that all the time, right? Or Peyton Manning. I think Peyton, John Fox was more the, uh, you know, the it, it is what it is. Right. Next man you up. Know, next man up. Um, I remember in Carolina, if they had an injury plagued year, they'd say, like, He'd say, "No one's coming to save us." Right. He he had he had his things. You know, it's not my first rodeo. It's not my first barbecue. Right. He had a few that he went back to. Here's the thing about John Fox. I'm gonna get totally sidetracked here. I can't say that I knew him well, knew him well enough. He seems like the type of guy who'd be like the uncle you want at the Thanksgiving table. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why they used to call him the mayor of Indianapolis. Really? In reference to the scouting combine, yes. Why? Oh, he he was the li- he was the life of every gathering he was at. He and held he was court, the, he, is what you're saying. He what? held court. He held court. He was the guy who was generous about buying drinks for people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He like he he you know at St. Elmo's or it was mostly St. Elmo St. Elmo's and Shula's at the time that he was the guy that he kind of wanted to, uh, to to be in the in the orbit of. And a lot of people have been in that orbit. Coming up after the break, Avs have a chance to close out the Predators tonight in Nashville. Darcy Kemper, is he going to play? And do you expect the Predators to try and really push their way and tackle their way and high stick their way? Tackle? Yeah, tackle. I'm just coming up. In hockey? Yeah, you can tackle people. You can't legally? No, but 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 they they're the most penalized team in the league. They are, yes, and they have been actually seen tackling in this particular playoff series. With that, do you expect more of the same tonight, or do they need to change their game? That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Windfall Brewing Company. They really have everything there that you would want, and it's a great place to take the kids. Now, the kids are not going to be drinking one of their 17 craft brews on tap. At least I hope they're not. They want great food. You want great food. They've got it. They have a new Executive chef used to be the sous chef at Shanahan's. I think their salmon, their pan seared salmon is the best I have had in town by far. Comes a charred broccolini. They have so many great things on the menu. I mean, this is not bar food at all. I mean, how many bars, okay, serve something like a hand butchered ribeye with a Cabernet mushroom demi-glace sauce? Nobody does. They do. This is where it's great for the kids. They have an arcade area. They have 23 pinball machines, Pac-Man, Golden Tee, all your all-time favorite arcade games. So it really has something for the entire family. Great for a night out. Great place to go for lunch and to spend a good part of the day there. Outstanding patio as well. Go. I'm telling you, go to Windfall Brewing Company in Westminster in the Orchard Town Shopping Center. You're going to absolutely love it. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Okay, Mace, uh, Avs tonight have a chance to close it out. You think they do? No, I think the, the Predators get one back tonight. I think it's over. Gentleman sweep. I mean, I think I only. What does gentleman sweep mean anyway? You're, you're handing them a game? Basically, like, oh, you know, it's we know we got four chances to get one win here, right? Uh, maybe they they take an early lead, and uh, you when you're uh, when when you're out when you're out there, maybe you're managing the shifts a little bit differently and saying, all right, we know, let's make sure we don't uh, run any risk of uh, of guys getting hurt. We'll we'll take care of it back in Denver a couple of nights from now, right? Like if the Predators get off to a if the Predators somehow get out 2 nothing in the first period, I don't think the Avs come back tonight. You don't? No. I why? Think, why? Because I think the I think the Avs will be like, okay, fine, we'll we'll take care of it back in Denver. I don't. I mean, it's not that they won't play hard. I just I just think that they will maybe consciously not put themselves at uh, as much risk. Would it be good for them to lose tonight? Think about this. They started mm-hmm. last year's playoff run with six consecutive wins, I, I, and then in, got swept after that. In that regard, yeah, it would be certainly be an excuse to kind of you know to a loss like that, which is probably inconsequential in the scheme of things. It's a, it's an excuse for uh, for Jerry Bednar maybe to kind of turn things up and practice a little bit, Reinf- reinforce some lessons. It's true in every sport. It's hard to get a teaching moment out of a win, yeah, but it's very easy to get it out of a loss. Okay, so let, let's say you believe in that theory, which I do too. Danny, I'm going to bring you in on this. 
Would you have a problem with if they lost tonight? I mean, I still think they're going to win the series. They, they, you know, no they, problem with it. But would you be? Like, it wouldn't concern me at all. But would it be a good thing? Maybe. Can you find a silver lining in it? Yeah, I think Mace has a good point that it gives Bednar an excuse to kind of make them practice hard and remind them that hey, this this thing is a hard hard thing to do to win four games in the playoffs. Right. Right. But by the way, am I the only one? Because there there was the slogan back when the Avs won a cup. It is what um Mission 16W. It's not Mission 16W. It's not. It's Mission 13W. Let's just keep counting down like we do in baseball for the magic number. The magic number's 13. The magic number's 13. They win tonight. Magic number's 12. They need to win 12 more games. Why don't, we, why don't we as the media just change that? You don't have to win 16 games. All you have to win is 13 games. Well, wasn't the whole thing of 16W that was the, uh, the number of the exit on the New Jersey Turnpike that, uh, for the Meadowlands? And they were trying to beat the Devils. Wasn't that? Is that where it came that, up with four games to go, four wins to go? I mean, I thought that's where it was. Like they came up with the slogan, not at the beginning of the playoffs. They came up with it after they got to the. I, mean, I don't know if they came up with it at the end, but I think uh, at the beginning or the end. But I think it was very much that uh, they thought that that New Jersey that the Devils were going to be a team they had to go through, right? And it was the it was exit sixteen W on the turnpike. Right, and then it's like, oh well, you have to win sixteen games to win the Stanley Cup. I think I saw it that. On just, the, it, I think I saw that on the Sopranos sixteen. Though. Yeah, it was a nice. It was just a the nice opening. little bit of, uh, you know, serendipity, as right. it were. Right. Um, the fascinating thing right now is that we're still hearing that phrase thrown around sixteen W, when the the Devils are absolute crap. Right. They've made the playoffs once in the last nine seasons they've they've been terrible for a while and yet we're still saying mission 16w for the abs right i think that's a little strange don't you yeah a little bit maybe time to find a new slogan yeah but it also ties back to the abs glory days right so it's like well it worked back then is it going to work again maybe let's just say it 16w so right uh so tonight uh darcy camper will not play he is out pavel francis will be in goal nice um, uh n- nice Francophone pronunciation. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, do you think, and I brought this up in the last segment, but the more I thought about it, mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to go seven anyway. I think it's going to go four or five games. And yes, it would be great for Kemper to rest a little bit more. I mean, it would be good to get more rest for Kemper. But if we're being completely honest, whoever they're going to play next, they're playing a six-game series for sure. So it's really, I think, more dependent on what the other team does and what the, than what the Avs do unless they suddenly get caught caught in a series. Yeah. I think so. I hadn't really given that any thought. Yeah. To be fair. I mean, if you're the Avs, you'd still, would you still rather play the Blues than the Wild in the next round? If you're the Avs? Yes, I would. Sorry, Nolan, but I would. I, th- I think the Wild are a difficult matchup for these guys. I mean, first of all, if they play the Blues, it's not going to be like last year. It was a first-round sweep. Right. It's a, better, it's a much better Blues team coming in. Stylistically, the Wild is still who you want to avoid. Right. But I think, I think they're both going to be tough. This is, 
this is even if win even if they win tonight, this is not going to be the what Moses Malone once said, fo fo fo. Although it went fo five fo, I believe back in the 19, 1983 for the Sixers. This is this is going to be a little bit of a struggle. Right. Nothing wrong with that. No. They'll be they'll they'll be tested. Uh, we talked about in the last segment. Let's just uh, recap this a little bit. I, I was aghast. Uh, a number of people in the media and fans saying that Johansson intentionally tried to uh, put the stick into <laughs> into Kemper's face mask. And Nolan pointed out something to me, which I don't know why I didn't think of it myself. Boy, that guy's a magician if he was able to do it with his back to Kemper. That's impressive. Yeah. Because he never turned around. So I would say to anybody who believes he did it on purpose, either that guy was practicing in his basement before the game, or this guy's a magician and he has eyes in the back of his head. I would say to anybody who thinks he did it on purpose, do you really think he would have been able to do that with his back towards Kemper? I would like I would like on skates. I would like, yes. I would like a reasonable explanation for this guy doing it on purpose. Is there a reasonable explanation where a guy's back is to Kemper? Yet he has eyes in the back of his head to fit a hockey stick into a small little hole and then try and gouge his eye out? Well, there's not a reasonable exp- explanation. There are unreasonable explanations. Right. And we've seen plenty of unreasonable explanations in the last 51 hours or so Right. about this. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But again, I mean, in there a, in there a saying about um, that most often when we attribute intent to something, it's actually accidental. Or something like that, accidental stupidity, whatever. Right. Things just, things just happen sometimes. People just don't. It, it's the random element. Right. People have trouble with the random element. Yeah. On a human perspective. All right. Coming up after the break, NFL schedule gets released on Thursday, which means, of course, all the leaks that will happen will know probably by tomorrow uh, what these schedules are going to look like. But Peter King brought up something very interesting in his column today about who should play in the opener against the Rams. I'll let you know which team he believes should play him, at least one of the teams. And since we do a show in Denver, that's your hint. That's huh. next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. Okay, Mason, the NFL schedule gets released on Thursday. Um, we'll probably know some of the games easily by Wednesday morning. We Not may th- even know a game tomorrow morning. Which one? Uh, I don't know yet, but 
Today, for example, we learned about a couple of Monday Night Football games in week two. Bum, 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 bum. Tomorrow, CBS is going to unveil a couple of games uh, on their morning show. On their morning show. <laughs> whatever it's called. Wait, CBS it, CBS it, Mornings? CBS This Morning, whatever it is. On a new show, they're going to release the NFL schedule. Because they did it on Good Morning America this morning on ABC. I got to tell you, this, this has really become a monopoly of the NFL not only taking our time, but knowing we desperately want oh, and then the information. And then Fox and Friends reveals a couple of games for Fox on Wednesday. Well, I'll be tuning in for that. I'm for sure, sure you will. And you too. And then uh, today's show, NBC gets games on Thursday. No, oh, by the way, before the schedule actually comes out on Thursday at right. 6 p.m. Mountain, teams can tweet out like their home opener. Right. You know what? Remember last year we when we got on the air? I think we had the whole schedule. We had, I think, all but like one or two games, yeah. and we were able to kind of fill it in. I think we're. I think you and I are going to take the air at four p.m. on Thursday. We're going to have everything. We're going to have it all we, together. We probably will. Yeah. If With we all the, the leaks that come out. You know what? If we did the morning show here, we'd probably have half the schedule. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. I mean, you, what this is becoming is something where the NFL, instead of revealing the games. On most of the games on one day. You know where this is headed? That over 18 weeks, over 18 days, they reveal one week a day. Like, okay, we're going to start on May 1st. We're going to do week one. May 2nd, week two. And it's going to be drip, drip, drip all through the month. Well, they've certainly capitalized on the NFL draft, which honestly could not be any more boring. But they revealed the Amazon Prime game during the draft. Right. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is the NFL has taken something uninteresting and turned it into a must-see event. I agree with you. If the NFL really wants to capitalize on this stuff, I think that's a fantastic idea. Mm -hmm. If they want to drive NFL network ratings, NFL network ratings, mm -hmm. they need to find a way to keep it completely under wraps where it is a surprise to even the teams where nobody knows except for a few people in the NFL offices, kind of like at the Oscars when, you know, Delight and Touche is the one that they're the only ones that know or whatever. whatever. Didn't it used to be pri or is Price, it Waterhouse. Price Waterhouse. Not Delight and Touche. They're a consulting firm. Yeah. Price Waterhouse. They, they they, they've been secure. Like the envelopes have been secure. Right. So yeah. with that, I think that's a fantastic idea. Let's look at this for a second. If the, the NFL was really concerned about limiting the leaks, there are ways they could do it easily. Well, well, think about this for a second. So is there a certain date where you want everyone to know the schedule? Wait, I want to see if this works out. Hold on a second. This is bad radio. Can we play the Jeopardy music here? Because I'm looking something up here. Uh, let's see. One, two. Thank you. Three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Hold on. I have a method of my madness. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. If you skip, if you skip the NFL draft, you can release one week, every single week, the week following the Super Bowl, up to, up to Father's Day weekend. That would be awesome. That would be brilliant. That would actually and you be have terrible. A, and you have a special. And you have a special about it. Or, you know what you do? You do it after the draft, when everything is kind of together. That's when you do it. When you know what your team looks like. Because do Jacksonville fans really care about what their schedule looks like 
if they don't have Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? So you do it after the draft. You announce it. So the draft was when this year? It was. It wrapped up on April 30th. It was April, April 20th 30th. 30th. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five. Hold on. Six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Holy smokes. If they did it after the draft, mm-hmm. the entire schedule would be released the weekend that almost every single NFL training camp opens. Uh, that'd be too close, though, because Why? Team, teams have to plan their hotels and their flights and all that. In fact, as it is, uh, a lot of teams aren't happy true. that the schedule comes out after the draft now. It used to come out about a week or two before the draft. It would come out in mid-April. Well, then, then do... So, they the, the, so, I mean, right now, for example, for preseason, you are, you're learning, because you're going to learn preseason games as well, you're going to have not even three months of uh, lead time. And that may, it may be like, oh, well, that's, they, they have plenty of time. Not exact. Well, then I tell you what. consider the logistics involved with it Then all. you know what you do? You make it a two-night extravaganza. A three to four-hour show. First night, the first eight games. The next night, the next nine games. And then they go over the best matchups. Kind of like revealing the NCAA tournament bracket. This sounds awful. It's, it is awful, like, but the ratings would be through the roof. They that's would what, be through the roof. That's what it's all about. I used to, you know what? I find myself longing for the days when on some morning in April, I would pick up the then St. Petersburg Times. Now they go by Tampa Bay Times. I'd pick up the St. Pete Times. I'd pull out the sports section. I always read the sports first. And, um, I read the classifieds. Yeah. And I would see, oh, well, he, there child, it is. There it is. Buck's schedule 20, you know, 1993. They have their you didn't care Sunday night football game here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They have a Saturday game here, whatever, you know, and that, 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 that was fine for me. I, I don't think we're any better off having these things drawn out and everything turned into some kind of production. It's great for the network. It's great for advertisers. And they would sell it like crazy. They, that's, that's why it exists right. because there's a demand. There there's are, a, there are enough people yeah. who have a demand for this. Me, I think it's overkill. I agree. It's overkill. The drafts overkill three. You know, what's overkill. The NFL combine. Oh yes. Live coverage. Watching a guy run in shorts without pads to see what his 40 time is. That's overkill. Actually, you know what was interesting? You, do you ever go to the website uh, Showbuzz Daily? No. Showbuzzdaily.com. Well, what they do is that basically they compile, um, they, they, they basically compile all, all the relevant television ratings. Yep. And the reason why I, I think it's, it's worth noting is um, when you get to... Uh, you get to you get to day uh, three of the draft, okay? On um, on ABC, day three of the draft had one million, a little over one million viewers, right? Right. More people watched a USFL game that night than day three of the draft on ABC. Slightly more, about one point uh, one four million people 
watch the USFL. But it's day three. It's day three. Day three. What a day. Now, if you want to compare. Day one and day two, obviously, yes. But they're well, not obviously, yes, no, but yes, no, it's but obvious. There's no, but there's a point at which people do say enough, by and large. Yeah. They still got a million viewers. Right. And they still almost outdrew the USFL. Yeah, but I think it's telling that yeah. more people would rather, more people watch the USFL on Fox that oh, night and, that, and then watch day three of the draft on ABC. You're giving, that a, you're giving the USFL a little too much credit. I'm just saying that some people, myself included, yeah. if I were not covering it, I would prefer to watch a live sporting event. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? The Rockies have an NL West series coming at them starting out uh, tonight in San Francisco. And Norris Trophy finalists have been announced for the NHL's best defenseman. We'll talk about all that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Colorado Rockies at San Francisco Giants this evening. First game of the series, 7.45 p.m. Both teams are 16-12. and 12. It'll be Austin Gomber on the mound for the Rockies. Carlos Rodon on the mound for the Giants. Yesterday, however, tough game for the Rockies. The Diamondbacks blanked them 4-0 with Marquez on the mound. We've discussed his struggles so far this season. Are you concerned with how Marquez has performed to this point, or is it just early season he hasn't gotten in a groove yet? You'd hope that the groove... They start finding a groove at the at this point. I think it it's starting to it's starting to cross over into in, into a level of concern. Even though yesterday he went six, three earned runs, uh, six hits, four walks. Yesterday wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Like, but it wasn't great. It, I mean, what you're hoping. Is that yes? Is that after he got shelled by the Phillies and he got shelled by the Nationals? That yesterday he stopped the bleeding, but we don't know just yet. Yeah, yesterday seemed to be more about the rest of the team. Right. right. I, I mean, it all didn't matter. He he could have had he could have thrown a, a one hitter, given up one run in eight innings, and it wouldn't have made a difference the way they were at the plate yesterday. Right. It was just one of those days. 
listen, uh, for Freeland, he's had pretty good back-to-back starts. So maybe he has turned it around a little bit. He's actually done better since he got the contract of what it's worth. Wait a minute. You said to me last week that could have been a big mistake by Bill Schmidt. No, I, I mean. No, I, no, Danny. I, no, no. He, no, Danny. I, I Danny, said, tell him what he said. I said could have been, but I also said that it's too early to tell. To, to no, proclaim one way or the other, no, and I also said, and and also I and also over the course of the last few weeks, I said that's the going rate for back of the rotation starters. If you want to resign him, he's not a back of the rotation years. starter. And by the way, you love to quote Seinfeld, so I'm going to quote Seinfeld for you. It's not a lie, Mace. If you believe, I it. think you're misinterpreting. What Danny, I said. tell me what he said. My memory is not that. Good. Oh wow! Did you just walk but out if, of the back door? On but that? also, if he said it could have been. A big mistake, then I don't think that I was there's going, any reason to hold it against him. I was going through all the good things that Bill Schmidt said. That Bill Schmidt has done during the offseason with Grichik, right? And uh, let's see, with Sonny Chris Bryant, even though he's injured, I get that. He's made a bunch of pretty good moves. And you said to me, Mace, well, how's that Kyle Freeland deal look? That's what you said to me. Not in those exact words. No, I didn't. No, let's move on. Just in case you missed it, Norris Trophy finalists announced for the NHL, Lightning's Victor Hedman, Predators' Roman Yossi, and Colorado's Kale McCarr, who wins the award for the league's best defenseman. Should be McCarr. No. No. Why not? McCarr's the best defenseman in hockey, but it needs to go to Roman Yossi. Why? He nearly had 100 points as a defenseman. He led his team in scoring as a defenseman. That is nothing short of remarkable. What makes McCarr just incredible on so many different levels is it took Hedman a little while to do what he's done. It took Yossi a little while to do what he's done. McCarr's been a finalist for the last three years, and he's only played in the league for the last three years. I would rather have McCarr than Yossi. Probably Hedman, too. He had more goals than Yossi. Who did? McCarr did. I know, but it's about points. It's about well, points. I mean, assists. You count assists. I mean, if you count as I know the point that points mean you count assists equal to goals. I would argue that in my own personal calculus, because you can have two assists on a goal, mm-hmm. that goal, goals should be weighted differently than assists. In the points tabulation. Well, That's in, me. In, 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 a, in a fantasy world, that is true. But let's deal with the real world. It doesn't work that way. I know. I know it doesn't. Yeah. But, I, but, uh, McCarr, but McCarr with 28 goals is still getting my McCarr vote. is the best defenseman in the league. But it's hard not to recognize a guy who had, what, 95 points from the blue line? It's hard not to recognize a 96. guy like that. 96. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Thank you. That's why I said he was close to 100. Yeah. Right. Well, I was just, I mean, you said 95, and I was just saying it was that you got 95. I would, I would vote for Rome. I would. But I believe McCarr is the best defenseman in, this, in the league. It's kind of like the argument about Jokic. I'd vote for Jokic to be the MVP, but Giannis is the best player in the league. You have to recognize what Jokic did, right? Yeah. And, it, and let's think about this from a Denver perspective here. Let's be fair about this for a minute. Let's be totally fair about this. We're looking at metrics. We know what Jokic can do. We know he had the greatest PER of all time. We watch him play all the time. We know how great he is, how valuable he is. He's 
missing Murray. He's missing MPJ. We know what this team would be without him in the lineup. I get all that. So we want to skew our argument towards that. We want to make a numbers argument, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, if we're going to make a numbers argument, then how do you not make a numbers argument for Yosef? I think be, be you, consistent you, about you it. You make the argument on points. I make the argument on goals. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who uh, are much bigger hockey guys than I am, and when I've asked them, they have said that it will be Roman Yossi, not Kale McCarr. That it wins. will be him. There's no, And it should be him. But Kale McCarr's the best defenseman in hockey. Yeah, and I'm sure he's got a couple, uh, a couple of those Norris trophies in his future. I mean, Yossi's already won one. Hedman's already won one. Um, Yossi won it, what, years ago? Or won it a couple years ago, right? And then had a down year last year. I don't see that happening with Makar. I see him being consistently great his whole career. Is that it? I would hope so. Um, I've got one more okay. that we can get to quickly. Yep. Uh, NIL, some new guidelines released by the NCAA to prohibit boosters and groups formed to give NIL deals from contacting prospective student athletes, their family members, or their representatives. Uh, this, I guess, was something that wasn't in place when the rules initially got introduced last summer, but this is so that they can't create contracts with the athletes that are dependent on them playing for a particular school. Uh, your thoughts on these new guidelines coming out almost a year into new NIL uh, legislation. Can we call this the Texas A&M rule? Because that's effectively what it is. Texas A&M putting together a recruiting class that uh, was not only the best of this past year in football, but considered one of the best ever. And, these types of NIL deals that you mentioned, multi-year deals put together by 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 collectives uh, that uh, required uh, the player being at the school, that was uh, that was something that uh, I think probably spurred a, a great deal of concern by a lot of schools. And this is, I think, I think that's why we're talking about this uh, sort of thing uh, coming into play. It's but the genie's out of the bottle. I don't know. There's a lot the NCAA is really going to be able to do. By the way, want me to give you an argument for Macar? Sure. If we're going to look at numbers, yeah. we're going to look strictly look at numbers. Um, I, I say this more for defensemen than I would for forwards. I think the plus minus means a lot more for a defenseman than it does for a forward. Typically, it does. Yeah. Right. Unless they say they're the two way forward. Macar, as they call them. Macar, Sel- they call them the Selkie Award winner, yeah. the best guy out there. Um, well, Selkie, Selkie's our best offensive defenseman, right? Offensive defenseman, yeah. two-way player. Yeah. Two-way player. Yeah. Makar's plus-minus was 48. Yossi was 13. That's course, huge. It is huge. Huge. That and, being, and, oh, by the way, Makar only Makar finished 11 had a, points behind. Makar w- was, you know, had a better lineup around him than Yossi did. No question. God, I made an argument for you, and then you came back at me and made an argument for him. Well, that's a sh- I can't win with you. That was uh that that just our, that I just shows that that just shows how I think how I think nuanced the argument actually is. It's not it's not black and white. All right, that was uh Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, CY Westward voted the best liquor store in Denver five years running. Always great specials. They deliver as well anywhere in the Denver metro area. An order over a hundred bucks, it is free. Nolan, Danny, great job today. Same with you, Mace. Make it the best possible night you can.